This is an excerpt from my story, Down with the Sickness. A figure dressed in black walked down the dimly lit alley, staying in the darkest shadows. Several feet behind, a man crept along and pulled a gun from his pocket. He lunged for the person in black, but found himself holding only a jacket, not his would-be victim. Cursing, he looked around, and something flashed in front of him. He tried to speak, but gurgled instead, blood spurting from the fresh gash on his throat. Visit MythMart at www.mythmart.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on our way, what's up? There'll be peace when you are gone. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 113 of Lupus Bits. It has been revived. Uh, it's been a little tricky because I didn't actually have um, any sound. It wasn't recording. So yeah, it took me a little minute or six to figure out. But we are recording now, and it's all good. Uh, apparently I've missed two weeks. But as you can hear, I am no longer hacking my head off. Yay me. Um... And I sound almost close to normal. Or, you know, as normal as I could possibly be. Um, brain fart. Okay, so first I want to take a moment and um, honor Christine McVie from Fleetwood Mac. I can honestly say that an entire generation is mourning the loss of such an incredible musician and songwriter, um, if you were born in the 70s and the 80s, you knew who Fleetwood... You can't be alive today in North America and not know who Fleetwood Mac is. Or across the pond, either. Because they were originally from England, I believe. But, yeah, she died uh, yesterday. I do believe it was. Yes, yesterday. The 30th of November. Uh, she was 79. She had a brief illness. She lived in Booth, the United Kingdom, and she was born in 1943. She was married to John McVie, and yes, I did have to Google how to pronounce her name. Um, my favorite song of hers is Songbird. I love that song because it's just her and the piano, so there's there's no drums, there's no electric guitar, there's no backup singers. It's just her. And the piano. Um, I'm going to read you the article from The Guardian. And it says, Fleetwood Mac's Christine McVie has died at the age of 79. A statement on Facebook said, On behalf of Christine McVie's family, it is with a heavy heart we are informing you of Christine's death. She passed away peacefully at hospital this morning, Wednesday, November 30th, 2022, following a short illness. 
She was in the company of her family. We kindly ask that you respect the family's privacy at this extremely painful time. You know, rest in peace, Christine McVie. Uh, now, the American, the, the, the British American rock band founded in London in 1967 has sold more than 100 million records worldwide, making them one of the most successful groups ever. Their best known songs include Dreams, Go Your Own Way, and Everywhere. The band paid tribute to the singer songwriter McVie in a statement on Wednesday night following news of her death. There are no words to describe our sadness at the passing of Christine McVie. She was truly one of a kind, special, and talented beyond measure. Now, there were always rumors surrounding the band and the the controversy in the band. Um, But the long and the short of it was they were friends. Despite its tumultuous history, Fleetwood Mac became one of the best-known rock bands of the 1970s and 80s comprising Mick Fleetwood, Christine and John McVie, Lindsey Buckingham, and Stevie Nicks. Nicks posted a handwritten note on Instagram to pay tribute. A few hours ago, I was told that my best friend in the whole wide world since the first day of 1975 has passed away, she wrote. I I didn't even know she was ill until late Saturday night. I wanted to be in London. I wanted to get to London, but we were told to wait. Fleetwood wrote that McVie had left us earthbound folks to listen with bated breath to the sounds of that songbird, reminding one and all that love is all around all around us to reach out for and touch in this precious life that is gifted to us. Part of my heart has flown away today. McVie was born in 1943 in the Lake District village of Booth. Was originally known as, now get this, she was originally known as Christine Perfect. Perfect was her maiden name. She started out with the blues band Chicken Shack, which had a hit with a cover of Etta James' I'd Rather Go Blind, featuring McVie on lead vocals. And if you've ever heard McVie sing, she's perfect to do an Etta James song. After marrying John McVie in 1968, she left the band a year later and joined Fleetwood Mac in 1970. After many changes to the lineup in 1974, Nicks and Buckingham joined an era that McVie called pretty sensational, you think? She added, we had our fights here and there, but there was nothing like the music or the intensity on stage. We weren't doing anything in Britain, so just decamped to America and fell into this huge musical odyssey. Their 1975 self-titled album featuring hits written by McVie, Over My Head and Say You Love Me, Christine and John divorced in 1976, but remained friends and maintained a working relationship. Rumors, released in 1977, became one of the best-selling albums of all time, and it included hits such as Secondhand News and You Make Love and Fun, in addition to several multi-platinum records, multi-platinum track. I'm having a hard time today. You can tell I have not podcasted in two weeks. In addition to several, multi-platinum tracks. The record sold more than 40 million copies worldwide. Speaking of that period, McVie recently told The Guardian, we were having a blast and it felt incredible to us that we were writing those songs. The album was recorded as a pop album and took its name and themes from the many turbulent breakups within the band and their drug use at the time. Christine said her drug of choice were cocaine and champagne. 
trauma. Trauma. Later, McVie later told Rolling Stone of the making of the album. The sessions were like a cocktail party every night. People everywhere. We ended up staying in these weird hospital rooms. And of course, John and me were not exactly the best of friends. This year, she described their relationship as never as melodramatic as Stevie and Lindsay and said they occasionally write to each other or phone each other. McVie also released solo albums, the second of which, 1984's Christine McVie, featured the hits Got a Hold on Me and Love Will Show Us How. She later married the musician Eddie Quintella, who co-wrote songs with her, including Little Lies from the Fleetwood Mac album Tango in the Night. They divorced in 2003. She took a hiatus from the band in 1998. I just wanted to embrace being in the English countryside and not have to troop around on the road, she said to the Guardian. I moved to Kent. Yes, I know you all have the limerick in your head. Stop it. Move on. I moved to Kent and I loved being able to walk around the streets, nobody knowing who I was. Then, of course, I started to miss it. In 2014, she returned and the band's most recognizable lineup toured together. McVie recorded an album with Buckingham in 2017 called Lindsay Buckingham, Christine McVie. McVie's death came two years after the Fleetwood Mac co-founder Peter Green died at the age of 73. Tributes poured in online from within the music industry. The U.S. band Haim, whose song Hallelujah was quoted by Nix in her tribute to McVie, wrote, The sisterhood Stevie and Christine had was so vital to us growing up. Seeing two strong women support each other in our favorite band was such a huge impact on us throughout our lives. The official Twitter account for the band Garbage tweeted, Gutted to learn about the passing of Christine McVie. Just gutted. Songbird forever. Cheryl Crow also reacted on Twitter. I'm so sad to hear of Chris. Oh, for heaven's sakes. I'm so sad to hear Christine McVie going on to heaven. The world feels weirder without her here. What a legend and an icon and an amazing human being. So, rest in peace, Ms. McVie. Sorry, I was a big Fleetwood Mac fan, so I had to kind of do like a little tribute to her because, you know, Gen X, hello. Okay, so we're going to move from sad and melancholy into just plain old weird. Um, I was kind of at a loss of what I was going to do as a topic because, again, I am podcasted in two weeks. Um, I've noticed that te- seems to happen a lot when I'm in California. And I actually have my live studio audience within six feet of me. I don't tend to podcast because I tell them everything that I would tell them in my podcast. But we need to fix that. That and I found out that there is a certain podcast on our network that I am in somewhat mild direct competition with. That we are now neck and neck for episodes. So we can't have that. I know eventually they're going to, like, screw up and miss a few weeks, and I'll be ahead again, which is fine. Uh, But, yeah, I cannot miss any more from now until they screw up. So, (laughs) come on, boys. Don't disappoint me. Anyway, I was on Facebook earlier. I was supposed to be working. I was trying to work. I've been fighting a headache for two days now. So, um, it's cloudy in California, so I think that's why I have a headache, because it's not generally cloudy in California. That's that's not that's not the line. 
It's not, it's always cloudy in California. No, it's always sunny in California. It hasn't been sunny. So anyway, I was scrolling Facebook, pretending to be working. And I came across this ad that a friend of mine had posted. Now, let me see if I could pull it up. I saved it to my desktop. And it's an ad. I mean, it obviously, it looks like it's from like the 70s because he's got the, the you know, 70s fro and it's all peace, love and happiness, kind of. And it just, it made me stop and I had to read it and I giggled my way all the way through it because it's just, it's, it's such a ridiculous ad. It is an ad for the love rug. So the ad reads, the love rug strokes your bodies as you make love. <laughs> My live studio audience is having a hard time keeping it together over there. Hang on. Let me read you the write-up. Because you know it's all about the write-up. Once you feel the sensuous delight of the furry love rug, <laughs> you'll never go back to an ordinary bed again. As you stroke, it strokes. <laughs> it's incredibly soft. Uh, <coughs> The incredibly soft, fur-like fibers caress your bodies from head to toe. It's almost like having another lover there with the two of you. So a threesome without actually having to make small talk after. The love rug is as beautiful to look at as it is to feel. Only another animal of its, of its stripe could tell it wasn't real. For the low, low price of $150 in your favorite fur texture, you can choose mink, lynx, or jaguar. <laughs> but be sure to order now. <laughs> My studio audience is over there petting the air. <laughs> That'd be my problem. I would spend more time petting the carpet than anything else on it. <laughs> yep, the love rug. So I, I, I thought, well, that can't be the only weird ad out there. Because the 70s and the 80s, hell, the 50s and 60s were weird. So I googled weird ads from the 70s and 80s. And oh my, the rabbit hole that I fell down. Um, now, a lot of the ads were for cigarettes. I did come across this one um, that I'm going to have to read to you as soon as I... There it is. Okay. So, it's, it's an ad for a candy bar. All right? Remember that. Okay, so apparently it was Photoshopped. I'm reading the thing now, and it was Photoshopped. It's actually kind of funny. It's for a candy bar, and it says, Out to Munch. Master mechanics, like busy people, everywhere. But you know what? Even with the original name, it's still it's ridiculous. Master mechanics, like busy people everywhere, know the refreshing joy 
of taking time, taking time out to munch delicious Old Nick. The taste tempting blend that tastes like, like the old man's tool. That's not right. That's not right. That's not me. Okay, so, uh, weird ads from the 70s and 80s. We're going to kind of avoid um, Pinterest because a lot of the ones on Pinterest have been um, photoshopped. So, we're going to jump over to my absolutely favorite webpage, Board Panda. The, I get a lot of my Florida Man stuff from Board Panda. So... <laughs> Here's one. I do believe this is probably from the 1950s, judging by the clothing. And the ad says, so the harder a wife works, the cuter she looks. Say what now? So then it's got the, the next part of the ad. It's kind of like a little comic. And it's the husband. He says, gosh, honey. You seem to thrive on cooking, cleaning, and dusting, and I'm all tuckered out by closing time. What's the answer? Well, in all reality, it was cocaine. <laughs> and if it was the 80s, it was Ritalin. She says vitamins, darling. I always get my vitamins. Oh, I'm sure she does. And it's an ad for Kellogg's Pep. Vitamins for Pep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then there's another one. Most men ask, is she pretty? Not, is she clever? This is for palm olive soap so that you can be pretty instead of being clever. Mm -hmm. Oh my, oh my, oh my. Um, this would totally be banned today. And I, I you know what? We're just going to bypass it. My live studio audience is saying no, but he doesn't quite understand. I don't want to be gunned down in the street. I don't want hate mail. It's a little black child and a little white child. And a little white child's asking the little black child, why doesn't your mama wash you with fairy soap? So, yeah, that would totally, totally, totally be banned today. Oh! Oh, that's even worse. Okay, y'all need to look up Clornol. I'm not going to tell you about it. You just need to Google it for yourself to see the ad. That's just absolutely horrible. It's a it's a bleaching agent. Just let's just leave it at that. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Now, all right. For the low low price of fifteen cents, it's an instantaneous cure, and it's for sale by all druggists. Which back in that time was the pharmacist, not the dealer on the corner. These are cocaine toothache drops prepared by the Lloyd Manufacturing Company in Albany, New York. Registered March of 1885. <laughs> there were some happy campers back then. So... I've always had a love of Mary Jane's shoes. And I happen to actually own a really kick-ass pair of four-inch, four-inch? 
Are they four-inch heels? Four-inch heeled Mary Janes. Now, this is an ad for the original Mary Jane shoe. Patent leather, all the little bells and whistles, and a naked woman lying behind them. Behind the one shoe. And it says, keep her where she belongs. What, naked on the floor with a shoe at her head? I'm confused. <laughs> All right, now this one is, oh my, what? I, I, I can't because it's in French, but it's a pig slicing himself up. All right. So this one is an ad for a tie, I'm assuming. Um, he's lying in bed. He's got like six or seven pillows stuffed up behind him. And he's got his hands behind his head, smirky little smile on his face. And his wife is on her knees with the bedside, with, with the bed tray, table tray. Oh, that goes on my Christmas list, by the way. I want one of those. And it says, show her it's a man's world. <laughs> and the thing is, is behind this picture is, you know, she's laughing because she's the one that starches his shorts. You know, they used to wear the boxer shorts back then, and they used to have them starched. <laughs> mm hmm Yep. So this is a Kenwood Chef. It's the mixer, which I won't lie, I want one. It's like a bread maker and a mixer. It's an electric mixer. You know, like you, 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 it's the bowl, and it does it. You don't even have to hold it. And it says, the chef does everything but cook. That's what wives are for. You know? I don't know. Okay, now I'm, real, I'm, I'm, I'm questioning this next one. And I wish I could read the entire thing. Okay, this PC repair thing that I apparently closed a few minutes ago needs to go away because it keeps popping up. It's annoying me. So this is for a 7-Up, and it's a baby, not even a year old, sucking on a bottle of 7-Up. And it says why we have the youngest customers in the business. Nothing does it like 7-Up. Does what? Give your kid diabetes? This young man is 11 months old, and he isn't our youngest customer by any means, for 7-Up, I'm trying to read. It's really small, but I don't know how to make my page bigger. Anyway, yeah, the kid's a baby. Ooh, here's one for Schlick Beer. The wife's crying. She's burnt the dinner, and he's like, don't worry, darling. You didn't burn the beer. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Oh! <laughs> so this one, I'm pretty sure is featured in a few slap and tickle books too. Um, it says if your husband ever finds out you're not store testing for fresher coffee, if he discovers you're still taking chances on getting flat stale coffee, woe be unto you. For today, there's a sure and certain way to test for freshness before you buy. He's got his wife over his lap, and he has given her a spanking. <laughs> Can't say that that doesn't appeal to me. 
Just a little bit. Oh, and this one's funny. More doctors smoke camels. <laughs> That's funny. According to a recent nationwide survey, more doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. Okay. Oh. Blow in her face and she'll follow you anywhere? Yeah, to beat your ass. Smokers of America, do yourself a flavor. Make your next cigarette a tippelet. And blow the smoke in her face and she'll follow you everywhere. A, either because she can't breathe. B, because she's blind. Or C, she's going to kick your ass. It's not going to be for a good reason that she's going to follow you. Oh, and now here's a baby. I mean, it's a baby. Got the chubby little cheeks, chubby little fingers. Got to be maybe six, seven months old. And the ad is, begin early. Shave yourself. Gillette safety razor. <laughs> no stropping, no honing. Alrighty. Oh, I don't, I can't even, I'm not exactly sure what this is for. Um, it's a guy, well, at least the bottom half of a guy, and he's standing with his foot on the head of a, uh, a tiger stripe, tiger skin rug, except the head is his wife. It's his wife's head. It says, it's nice to have a girl around the house. I think it's for legs, Mr. Legs Slacks. Ah, there we go. Dacron. Nice fabric. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, here's one for the pedos in the group. She's like six, maybe seven. It's for Love's Baby Soft. I'm not sure. Baby powder, maybe? Hairspray? Because innocence is sexier than you think. Um, I don't think so. Did you know Santa smokes Lucky Strike? And Camel's. Well, he gives the camels away. Merry Christmas for every smoker. You get a carton of camels. This one, is it always illegal to kill a woman? I'm sure there's been many men that have asked that. It's for Pitney Bowes postage meter. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> okay, so this is one of the first... Um, gaming systems that were out there. And I'm pretty sure this probably came out in like the 70s. And it's a picture of the joystick, okay? And a hand holding the joystick. Now, it's a cartoon hand, a cartoon joystick. And you can tell it's like vibrating back and forth or up and down or whatever it's supposed to be doing. And it's an aerial shot. So you're not looking at it like you're looking at it from the top down. It says, the more you play with it, the harder it gets. You sit there, eyes glued to the writhing arcade quality graphics, pulling and squeezing your knob. Now you're breathing heavily over the digital stereo sound. <laughs> now, you're <laughs> now you're shooting all over the place. But it's no use. Game over. <laughs> Um, okay, 
to be good takes, I don't know, something, I can't read the word, to be this good takes Sega. <laughs> That's the Sega ad. <laughs> oh, here's another one. Something to do with your hands that won't make you go blind. <laughs> so they were really capitalizing on, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's the dudes naked. Except for the Sega controller. Sega Game Gear. Yep. <laughs> you can play with yourself for hours. Sega's handheld full-color game system. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. That's just too funny. Oh, okay. I'm all right now. Our last one about done me in. <laughs> and leave it to Sega. Of, of all things, leave it to Sega to... Yep. Yeah. 23 vintage, vintage ads. That would be banned today. <laughs> you think? Oh. And it's not just, like, weirdness like that. Um... There's like they're they're everywhere. Uh, French words make everything eloquent. Apparently, this is I don't know what this is. Suggested retail price is ten dollars. This is a cocaine ad. Nice, neat, tout de sweet. Um, that's for cocaine. It's for like a cocaine snorter. Uh, this is for a tray? Go ahead. It's JB. Uh, yes, since the stores in my vicinity do not carry ivory snow yet, in brackets, please send me the following. Carved straw, carved vial, antique spoon, or the entire set. All prices include tax and transportation in Canada, Add 10%. Huh? It's a cocaine kit for snorting cocaine. The magic flute. Automatically measure each two. Okay. Upgrade to 14K. The Coke chopper and straw. <laughs> so, the Coke chopper, if you want sterling silver, it's nineteen ninety five. If you want 14 karat gold, it's $98.50. And the two inch straw for sterling silver, $7.95. But if you want 14 karat gold, it's $67.50. From the Lico Knife and Straw. In New York, New York. New York City residents add eight, or New York City, New York State residents add 8% tax. Ship prepaid anywhere in the U.S. Yeah, these are actually um, funny vintage cocaine ads from the 70s and 80s. Snort Coca Cobra. Gentlemen, yes, I have a nose for news. Please send your brochure and prices for what I hear is the most beautiful, unusual, effective, and decadent spoon and stash set this side of Peru. Okay, this is a cocaine magazine called Head. How to remove cuts from your Coke. 
The joys of coca. The great cocaine Clorox test debate. It's the special cocaine issue. Latest dope prices. <laughs> That's under reggae rebel. <laughs> How and reconsidered. That's what. reconsidered for what oh oh this is it's cocaine but it's a coca-cola sign that says cocaine okay so here we go this is one products are always cooler when there's a z instead of an s be nice to your nose with screens stainless steel coke screen no razor blades ever again. Powders and fluffs your stash. Makes a little go a long way. It's a three-inch square so it fits in your pocket. And is sent in a Ziploc bag for safety. Colorful molded plastic or handmade teak wood. You know, the sad thing is, is I've seen some of these. And I always thought they were for loose powdered makeup. My mom's had one, my aunt, my uncle. Yep, I've seen a few of these lying around. Kind of makes you wonder. <laughs> Snow, not slush. Um, I don't know what this is. I don't want to know what it is. Only three elephants died to make this set. So, original ivory designs by L. Bandai. So you've got your Coke keys that you can snort with. You've got your your ivory razor for chopping, your little containers. Holy moly. The blue lady. I don't know what this, this is an ad for. Oh, a scale to weigh your cocaine. Okay. <laughs> Boomers. A pictorial for those who have the usual difficult time of snorting things of sorting things out when, um, okay, somebody dropped their Coke on the carpet. The finest flake plate money could buy. I, I can't believe these are actually ads. Tonight's forecast, snow. Okay. This is the gold standard designed for the discriminating player. The unmistakable elegance of gold blades designed for the discriminating player. Hand polished, superior quality. What? This is insane. Five bucks. Or the grass booster, two fifty. The Coke booster with spare replacement cap, five bucks. New improved, which means they already had an old one. Oh, there you go. Sprinkle Coke on your snuff. It's called Coke snuff. Sprinkle it in your smoke or snort it. Coke snuff is tobacco, menthol, and fragrance. Ask for it at your head shop. 75 cents per tin. Okay. Money back guarantee. Cocaine in wood. You've got the problem. Until now, there hasn't been a stash can or a vial on the market designed specifically to enhance and prolong the quality of your buy. Glass, plastic, and metal keepers 
react rapidly to temperature changes, trapping condensation inside. To you, this means toots down the drain because heat, light, and most of all moisture all reduce Coke's effectiveness. I did not know that. Why? Because I don't do Coke. So they have a solution. Put it in wood. I'm pretty sure they're hoping that you'll overdose before you need to enact the money-back guarantee. Because I don't think wood actually keeps moisture out. All right. Is your grass and coke worn out from traveling? Introducing the coke booster and the grass booster. They put back the potency that travel takes out. I'm pretty sure if you travel with coke or grass, it's going to be um, absconded at the border. For security. You know. Is she blowing bubbles or snorting coke? There are a ton of cocaine commercials. This is ridiculous. Oral or nasal snow ingester. Bulb model or pocket model. The ultimate handbook for cocaine. There you go. Somebody wrote a book. News. The nose wash. I wonder if that's where they came up with the idea for nasal sprays for cold to clean out your nose. Hmm. Shortcuts never pay. Okay. More scales than fish. These are all cocaine scales. All right. So, yeah. Uh, cocaine was, was a thing, apparently. Vintage cocaine commercials. Yep. All right. Here we go. Nostalgic ads. Let's see what we got. These are seven, the 70s. Oh, do you remember that Alka-Seltzer commercial? I can't believe I ate the whole thing. I still quote that thing. Uh, the 70s were a decade of rising crime, unprovoked violence, and media obsession with rampant depravity. Perhaps that bleakness was the inspiration for the rather blatant message behind Allstate Insurance's commercial. You don't have to die to collect. The narrator informs us with a smiling child is playfully carried around on a loving father's shoulders. Nothing like a warm, friendly reminder of your inevitable demise before a welcome back Carter returns from the commercial break. Yeah, these are all videos, unfortunately. My baloney has a first name. Oscar Mayer. Pepsi Generation. Remember those commercials? Yes. Reach out and touch someone. Yeah, perhaps the tagline that's aged the worst from this list. We can only hope that Bell's system intentions were the right place when they produced this 70s commercial broadcasting, the joys of landline communication. Honestly, the thing that truly perturbs me is the clown from it smiling as a child picks up the phone and the chorus of reach out and touch someone begins. Advertising execs take note. Clowns are reserved for your nightmares, not daytime television commercials. Oh, sing it with me, people. Sing it with me. To all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Yep, I still remember. 
It's hard to envision the sheer bewilderment Americans must have experienced when first laying their eyes on the triple bun monstrosity that is the Big Mac. What now has grown to become an indelible institution of patriotic values must have initially been interpreted as a heart attack for lunch. However, the geniuses behind this, this 70s McDonald's commercial helped establish comfort, comf, comfortability and familiarity with the Big Mac by literally listing off its ingredients in typical 70s jingle fashion. We just don't write them like they used to. Is there anything more likely to motivate you to drink whiskey than watching Sammy Davis Jr. ad-lib, acapella, stand-up, bass riffs, and generally provide himself with a three-fingered pour to which, upon his first sip, spawns even more verbal guitar soloing? Nope, there isn't. The only English word spoken in this 1917 commercial is the name of a Japanese whiskey brand. But it still could very well be the most articulate way to influence casual alcoholism. This video is no longer available. Do you remember Calgon? Ancient Chinese secret. <laughs> this video has actually been removed. And now we've entered the part of the 70s commercial television commercial list that begs the question, is it racist? Never mind the fact that the commercial's leading actress was born in Hawaii. Just have fun envisioning an entire generation of white parents giggling to themselves while dumping in their laundry detergent and reciting the tagline, Ancient Chinese Secret. See, mine was always Calgon, take me away. Mm -hmm. These are the times of your life. Kodak. Perhaps the most depressing thing about the 70s Kodak commercial emphasizing the importance of documenting your life before you get too old and forget everything is pondering how looking back on your old Instagram page will be interpreted by your 70-year-old self. Gone are the Kodak scrapbooks depicting your childhood birthdays and graduations, forever replaced by smartphone selfies of blowing vape clouds and chugging beer bongs. Yep, that's my daughter's page. Hey kid, catch Coca-Cola. Thoughts while watching this 70s Coca-Cola commercial, 1970s NFL stadium security, must have been very lax. Mean Joe Green is the greatest athlete nickname ever conceived. Good, old, good God, Joe, that was a very solid Coca-Cola chug. This ad would have ended so much better if Joe really lives up to his name after saying, Hey, kid, catch, launches the empty glass bottle at the kid and proceeds to help himself to a bottle of Suntory whiskey. You know, don't squeeze the sugar, man. You know what? I'm sorry. I can't walk down the toilet paper aisle in the grocery store and see Charmin without thinking. Don't squeeze the Charmin. There's something off with this 70s Charmin commercial that I just can't seem to put my finger on or my hands around. I was unaware that lustfully squeezing toilet paper in public places was a commonly acknowledged fetish in the 1970s. But now I know not to shame or stare at anyone taking too long in the toilet paper aisle of Walmart. The look in Mr. Whipple's eyes as he gets his last TP squeeze in before the end of the commercial is a gaze of pure satisfaction and contentment. You, you do understand I am reading from an article, okay? Because I squeeze the Charmin. All right. So this is a Xerox commercial. 
They're monks. This is what it says. Here, let's break down why this is a textbook example of a successful television commercial. Xerox, a copy machine, printer company. Monks, a technologically inept community that devotes extensive time to transcription. Premise, what if monks had access to a Xerox machine? Boom, it's gold. The monks don't have to work so hard. Xerox gets their business. The world goes round and our te technology-driven capitalistic society continues to flourish. Uh, master Lock. So if you're trying to protect the sensitive confinements of your storage locker, look no further than Master Lock. This 70s commercial proves that not even a fired hunting rifle could infiltrate the lock, protecting your excess of secondhand furniture that you're too lazy to drop off at the Goodwill. As well as your 1980s dumbbell collection and boxes of your parents' expired coupons that they left you in their will. It, wait, wait, what? <laughs> so this is a 1970s secret deodorant commercial, secret being the brand. Nothing screams progressive like a deodorant commercial describing the emotional tendencies of a woman. Narrated by a middle-aged man. And the tagline? Made for a woman's extra feelings. And what might those extra feelings be? Oh, wise middle-aged male narrator. I wasn't aware that sweaty pits were a byproduct of delicate emotions. Dude, you're obviously a guy because you know nothing. Yes, they are. You get boob sweat, sweaty pits, back of the knees get sweaty. Oh, yeah. Just saying. I kind of understand. Then there's McDonald's. You deserve a break. Such a comforting advertisement. We all deserve a break from the hardships of modern society by escaping our emotions in favor of devouring chicken nuggets alone in our Ford Pintos during our lunch breaks. Nothing defines a temporary pause on our responsibility and obligations like shoving spoonfuls of McFlurry down our throats between workplace-induced tears or delightfully choking on a quarter pound of ground beef. At least there weren't any clowns in this commercial. Yep. I tell you, they had some messed up... It, it, it explains why we're messed up as kids. But, oh, wait, wait. I'm pretty sure we've all answered the question. But I'm going to ask it anyway. And then I'm, I'm going to say the tagline. Oh, wait, no, there's no tagline. Okay, well, there is for this one. These are 80s commercials that we still talk about today. Number one. How many licks? Do you know what that's from? Tootsie Roll, Tootsie Pop. How many licks to get to the center of the Tootsie Roll, Tootsie Pop? And it's a little owl with his little tongue and his little beak. 1984, by Apple. Where's the beef? By Wendy's. Peter Comes Home, Folgers. Piano Recital, McDonald's. I don't remember the new Neighbors commercial by the Diet Pepsi. But, Mr. yeah, Mr. Owl ad for Tootsie Pop, which was first released in 1970. It's one of the most memorable commercials ever made. In many ways, this commercial has taken on a life of its own, and now the menagerie of characters are on the front of T-shirts and lunchboxes. The How Many Licks commercial was always on TV in the 80s. 
In the ad, a young, curious boy asks the famous question, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Like all the best questions, there is no right answer. The only truth is that the Tootsie Pop brand is still going strong with more than 60 million of these lollipops made every single day. Before they took over the world, Apple blew everyone's mind with their anti-conformist 1984 ad, which is considered one of the best commercials of all time. This daring ad shows a bodacious woman fighting against a dystopian society's unification of thoughts. The commercial, which was inspired by George Orwell's novel of the same name, only aired once before it was pulled from the air. Still, it had an enormous impact. In fact, $155 million worth of Macintosh computers were sold just three months after the commercial was released. Apple went on to become one of the most influential companies of all time. Do you remember that little old lady? The one that yelled out, Where's the beef? In 1984, Wendy's took the world by storm when an old lady named Clara Peller critically asked, Where's the beef? It's been decades since the commercial was first on TV, and even to this day, we're still talking about it. That's some seriously powerful advertising. Always Fresh, Never Frozen is now the slogan used in Wendy's campaigns, but people haven't forgotten about the original. In fact, while supply chain issues disrupted beef production during the COVID-19 pandemic, customers took to Twitter to ask, where's the beef? Oh, <laughs> uh, all right, let me see. Aww. Yeah, that stupid doll, my buddy. Yeah, he's that freaking doll. That doll looked like Chucky. And my mom bought my kid that doll. Yeah, my buddy and kid sister weren't as popular as Cabbage Patch and American Girl. However, 80s kids will get all warm and fuzzy for the ads and the catchy jingle that went with them. No, we won't. The reputation of my buddy has been somewhat ruined by the Child's Play franchise, you think? However, when these toys were first released by Hasbro in 1985, they were completely cute and innocent. That innocence is front and center in the commercials, which shows wholesome blonde children playing with their dolls. Yep. Rob, Nintendo. The Nintendo Entertainment System came out in 1985. For the first time, we could play classics like Duck Hunt, Legend of Zelda, Donkey Kong, Super Mario Brothers. Nintendo advertised the NES with a commercial featuring R.O.B., the robot, Rob, an iconic character in the canon. Only about 50,000 consoles sold at first, but by the end of the year, people were starting to catch up on the hype. Much of its success is due to Super Mario Brothers, which to date has sold more than 40 million copies. Yeah. Yeah, I'm scrolling through. Oh, okay. What's Kool-Aid's tagline? What does Kool-Aid say? There it is. Who isn't familiar with the red Kool-Aid guy? The first time he burst onto the scene, literally, was in 1954. Since then, he has been in a number of ads, always maintaining the catchphrase that made him famous. The Kool-Aid man starred in many 80s commercials, including this one for Surf and Barry. The ad is a hodgepodge of bright colors and noises, almost like someone put way too much sugar in their drink. 
You couldn't watch TV in this decade without seeing one of Kool-Aid's commercials. Oh, and we stay almost every morning when we make the girls waffles. What do you say? Lego my ego. Lego my ego. Yep, that's from 19. Wow. Much to the chagrin of English teachers everywhere, Lego my ego became a popular slogan in... Guess a year. Guess what year? 49. No. 1972. Ever since then, people have refused to Lego of Egos. In this 1980s commercial for Ego, a kid used this, the power of, psych, of physics to create a machine that will prevent his brother from stealing his frozen waffles. Every day, even today, people would want a machine like this, like this one, since they still love Ego. Kellogg's even saw a 2% profit increase in 2017 after Egos were featured on the hit Netflix show Stranger Things. <laughs> because that's it's Eleven's favorite food. It does a body good. What? Yep. What does a body good? An awkward, gangly boy tried to woo a supermodel. In this famous 80s commercial, yes. He slowly morphs into a stronger man with every sip from his glass of milk. The Milk Does a Body Good commercial didn't really make anyone run out and buy milk, but they did inspire a focus group to take part in a study about a decade later. That focus group inspired the Got Milk slogan that became even more famous in the 90s. Oh, cinnamon flavored 7-Up. Oh, I thought that was all a bad dream. The drink called 7-Up Gold was a dud when it was first released, making only 0.01% of the company's market. 7-Up Gold still found something worth celebrating in their commercials. To the tune of the Trog's Wild Thing, a man makes an upscale restaurant even cooler by selling pizza and cans of 7-Up Gold. Bottles and cans of this soda were only on shelves for a year, but this 80s commercial is still a nostalgic favorite among the few who gave it a sip. No, I did not. Sega Genesis. We're back with Sega. Now, unfortunately, it's the 80s, so they've toned down things a little bit. Following in the footsteps of Nintendo, Sega made its way into every gamer's heart with the Genesis in 1989. The first commercial featured the maker, a wise guru who cured boredom with pixelated power. Sega was in direct competition with Nintendo at the time and was seriously losing the battle. In fact, the console was completely discontinued in 1999. The 80s ads still have a warm place in the heart of video game collectors around the world. You'll find retro games like Golden Axe, Mystic Defender, Tetris, and Sonic the Hedgehog still being played today. I'm going to end this on everybody's favorite teddy bear, Teddy Ruxpin. Frankenstein had nothing on the Teddy Ruxpin commercials. This stuffed bear, released by Worlds of Wonder in 1986, was a digitized version of your typical Teddy. Batteries were included, allowing him to blink and ask about your day. Today, Ruxpin also became, came with today a black Teddy Ruxpin also came with storybook cassettes, so he could read you a bedtime story. People still love this fun 80s toy. 
He even got a modern makeover in 2016, complete with LCD eyes, capable of 40 animated expressions, and an internal hard drive with 10 stories about his adventures. Okay, I'm sorry, but that was just creepy. The upgrade was creepy. What was really fun was to take your Motley Crue cassette, put it into Teddy Ruxpin and watch him. Watch him sing Motley Crue. That was fun. So I think I'm going to... Um, <laughs> popular 90s commercials. Yo quiero Taco Bell. <laughs> You'll get it. That's not what it says. That's not what they said in the commercial. No, there is no, no, there's no S. It's not what they said. And then the little chihuahua, when Jurassic Park came out, looked up and said, I think I need a bigger box. <laughs> uh, Mentos, the fresh baker. All right. I think I'm going to end this ridiculous podcast about absolutely nothing right here. Um, because we actually have to go. So, until next week, everybody, uh, wash your hands, be the kind friend, and don't lick shit. Go buy the t-shirt. It's at MythMart. www.mythmart.com Keep an eye out. There will be a Christmas sale coming. Thank you, everybody, and a lot of you did, who took who took part in our uh, Black Friday sale. Thank you so much. It was a raging success. Um, also, don't forget to tune into MythBits. I'm pretty sure he's going to be doing the magazine review, which just came out. So stay tuned. And yeah, don't listen to that other podcast. I'm not going to mention it. No, no, no. <laughs> There's three. Yep. I just, yeah. Anyway. All right, everybody. Have a good week. And I will talk to you all next week. See ya. Don't you cry